The leaves of the trees beat a constant cadence against their branches as the brisk ocean breeze fought to pass through them. A shrill whistle followed as the wind first abated, then returned in a renewed ferocity to assault both the trees and the sheer face of the cliff whose lofty top they lined. Even the air itself felt thick with a pressure of constant lightning strikes that heated the air and forced it to expand outward, pressing hard against anything in its path. Below, a monstrous surf pounded again and again at the rocky base, sending water cascading higher and higher up the perpendicular face. Early minutes turned to late hours as the wind and waves continued their incessant assault on the huge facing of the stone promontory. As though knowing the end was near, the mighty waves of the storm peaked, setting a tremendous wave to crash against the cliff. Dirt and dislodged stone were sent flying like straw in a windstorm as, with a dying echo, the storm's final assault reverberated down the beach and the mighty wave rushed back out to sea. Its might had been spent, its assault complete. In the storm's final fury, a huge opening had been breached in the cliff's stony face. There, low on the face of the sheer rock wall, a dark cavernous opening stood, an audible rush of air sucking into it as though the cave were taking a long-awaited breath. Minutes passed before the normal sounds of the beach returned. The light breaking of the sea waves coupled with a soft ocean breeze were all that were left of a gale come and gone. They awakened slowly as the cold sea air rushed into the cavern. For a long time they'd slept. For a long time they'd laid on the cold hard rock as the constant hiss of gas filled every crevasse of the huge cave and forced a slumber. How long they'd slept they didn't know. By their very nature they didn't care. They were free from their jail. Their captor vanquished, the constant hiss of the jailer defeated as the fresh salt air rushed into the opening. The rocky escarpment that had plunged down the cliffs so long ago to seal their cell was gone. Now there was light and a new day, inviting and invigorating. Long disused muscles protested as they fought to rise from their prolonged and forced captivity. They didn't remember what had happened that day so long ago. Their memory of the earthquake that had brought the side of the mountain down to seal off their lair was lost to their simple minds. The hiss of gas that seeped from a crack in their cave was a lost concept to them, and they had simply gone to sleep under the soothing anesthetic qualities of the escaping gas that surrounded them. Finally regaining their feet, they ambled ponderously toward the entrance of the cave. Short yards away from them, the crashing waves beckoned, and they moved to its edge, and without hesitation entered the realm that they recalled as theirs and once again all was normal. At the top of the cliff he watched as he entered the sea, and in a mind numbed by the solace of a bottle for long years, he decided to tell somebody, though he knew no one would listen to old Charlie. No one ever listened to old Charlie. Chapter 1 The ritual crash of screen doors again announced the arrival of another Saturday. A cacophony of noise followed by the rushing feet of the town's kids as they ventured out to enjoy another bright sunny day without school or homework. Up and down the streets, many of their parents milled about, each checking to see what the night's storm had done to their homes and businesses. Conversations began between neighbors as each assessed the damage to their respective interests. Many yelled orders to the kids to do this and not do that, orders that would go unheard and before the end of the day unheeded. As the sun began to take a bite out of the chill air of the morning, several boys were seen leaving their homes for a new morning's adventure they too receiving the morning's dictum of orders from their parents. See you later, Ma, echoed through the house as Willie let the screen door slam behind him. Willie, he heard his name called back to him as he reached the halfway point to the front yard. 
Willie, you said you'd mow the lawn today, his mother called to him as she now stood at the door, wiping her hands on her apron. Oh, Ma, Willie began. Do I have to? You promised. Now you be back in here to do that, you hear? She told him with a look he knew well and always heeded. Yeah, Ma, I hear, Willie answered, his enthusiasm for a quick exit bursting. Now I mean a young man, his mother's voice finished as he crossed the remaining half of the yard to the street beyond. Darn yard anyway, Willie said to himself as the step picked up on seeing one of his friends out on the street. Worm! Hey, worm! Willie called to a short, thin boy in horn-rimmed glasses sitting at the curb. Don't call me that, the boy answered as Willie neared. You want my sister to hear you? What if she does? You know why, man. You'll never let me live it down. Why do you call me that? Since you started it, so does everybody else. Why not, Willie began. You're a bookworm, an egghead. I'd never mind, he answered, cutting off Willie's oration. What's up, anyway, he continued. Oh, I don't know. How'd you like that storm last night? Wild, wasn't it? Yeah, I've never heard so much thunder. Hey, worm, Willie began 